We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome in to another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. We're excited. Our Mavericks are in the Western Conference Finals. Just want to shout that out. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. uh, And we do have a jam-packed episode coming up. A lot of things to talk about. A lot of basketball. Basketball news on court and off to talk about today. And some very good with it or quit it. I'm back at the helm asking the questions today. So you know so, it's going to be good. So it's going to be good. We we got we got plenty plenty to talk about today. And uh, just wondering, BJ, are you ready? I hope this episode goes better for my prediction skills than last one did. But let's try it out. Let's go. Oi, I don't know. <laughs> I'll say. Never we been sh- more happy to be wrong. I'll say that. <laughs> we shall see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get things started off on the NBA playoff side of things. Uh, we are in the conference finals. Finally. Well, I say mm-hmm. finally. It happened really fast, it seems yeah. like. And uh, Where did that one, come from? <laughs> one game. Uh, at the start of this recording anyway has been played so far we'll we'll have had uh one more maybe two more i believe two more yeah, played so. by the time you guys listen to this yeah miami and boston will have played their second game um so by the time you check this out dallas and golden state will be getting ready for game two uh but we are we are here and that's who's on the western conference Final side of things, Dallas and Golden State, just like everyone predicted. And <laughs> on the Eastern Conference side of things, Miami and Boston, just like everyone predicted. And you want to know something funny, BJ, about you know the teams that are in the Conference Finals? What's that? They're seeded one, two, three, four. Oh, yeah, that is funny. How one seed Miami, out. two seed Boston, three seed Golden State, four seed Dallas. Yeah. I didn't mean- know. I know. I mean, you know, before the season drew or well, not maybe before the season, but back like when we were early in season two of, of the lowdown, we talked about how mm-hmm. good both Golden State and Phoenix were this year and how that would be a dream Western Conference finals matchup. We were close to getting it. But honestly, I think I like this one a little bit better if I'm being oh, a little yeah. selfish. But Oh, yeah, I like this one <laughs> a lot better. All right. Let's start in the east where we always do. Um, BJ, yeah, it's Miami and Boston. Remember the last time we had Miami and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals? When was that? That was in the bubble, wasn't it? 2020, yes. And yeah. sorry, <laughs> I was actually I was thinking further back than that, oh. but you know, just thinking about the history of the Heat and Celtics matchups yeah. over back the when years LeBron in the, was in the part past, of the heat. yeah, the past 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. When they've been battling it out, 
but yeah, they recently matched up back in a bubble in 2020. And, you know, the instant image that comes to mind from that series is that bam out of bio block on Jason Tatum yeah. to seal one of those games. Uh, and, you know, here we are again, uh, matched up at the same, same spot. And yeah. all the times in the most recent history, even, you know, the Jimmy Butler era currently and back when LeBron was there with Wade and Bosch, mm-hmm. Miami has had the advantage in all yeah. those years, similar to how Miami in the earlier years back when LeBron was there and all the time he was there had the advantage over the Pacers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That same type of eerie advantage is just leaking over from team to team Miami over Boston now yeah. after, uh, you know, Boston used to kind of terrorize LeBron ever since he joined Miami. Miami's kind of had this thing over Boston ever since. Yeah. And, you know, Miami still, as we get into the, the meat of this series here, took over game one. Miami still undefeated BJ at home in the playoffs. Yeah. And they won this first matchup, 118-107. Uh, really tight in the rebound battle. Uh, Celtics won as far as assists go. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler couldn't be stopped. 41 points, nine rebounds, uh, five assists. Jason Tatum had a good game, but it wasn't enough. Um, BJ, did you get to check this game out? And, uh, you know, what what type of series are you expecting here? Yeah, I was able to watch a little bit of it. And honestly, Drew, uh, you know, it's I think the score is closer than the game really felt. Miami was pretty much in, in complete control for the majority of it. And I expect that unless the, the Celtics can – get some guys back. I mean, you, you saw earlier, I'm sure that they've got a whole bunch of COVID positives that are hitting them at the exactly wrong time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, let's see, they're going to, they were without Al Horford and Marcus smart for game one. And I saw, I believe you tweeted that uh, they were, let's see how many tested positive or they just says several staff members. So I was looking yeah. for if there was a number, but um uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those kind of things that all the bad luck seems to be hitting the Celtics at the wrong time. They were so lucky to hit, to stay healthy as long as they did, and they took advantage of the Bucks being banged up, not having Chris Middleton, and still a, like a historic series from Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they still were not able to get past Boston with, with all that from Giannis. It's just they really did miss Middleton more than – than it looked like they were going to. It looked like, especially after game five, that they had really, you know, seized the momentum and they might have an opportunity to close it at home. And then the luck of the Corgi ran out, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, without knowing for sure how severe this, you know, uh, outbreak is going to be for Celtics and, and how many games their, their star players might miss and they're going to be lacking and they need, every bit of health and then some probably to have a chance in this series. I just can't see Boston getting past the sixth game. I don't know if they get to game seven in the series, especially if they don't, uh, if they don't get some guys back healthy, like Horford or smart, it, it may end up being Miami in five at this point, just, just from what I saw in game one. Now, you saw it in game one with the Suns and the Mavericks, how you can't make, you know, 
predictions of, of a series after just one game, but you know, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that unless Boston heals up real quick, that they can keep this series competitive. You know, BJ, I'm not really superstitious, but I am a little stitious, a little stitious. Okay. A little stitious. Uh, you know, earlier in the, let's travel back a little bit in the play in, and this, as far as cases, you know, health and safety protocols, we haven't seen nothing so far up until this point since Paul George. And Paul George was that only isolated person that could yeah. not play for the Clippers in that game, yeah. which was a little sus to me. How, like, not one star that they have, you know, happened to hit protocols, like, you know, all right, whatever. But nobody else has had any issue, you know, with all the travel back and forth, mm-hmm. everything up until this point. When Boston's at this, you know, this pinnacle of the playoffs, you know, about to hit the finals, mm-hmm. boom, all these cases show up. You know, all these staff members got protocols. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying stuff is scripted, but it is a little suspicious. And it's a unfortunate because, you know, like, I would just like a really good series. So does that mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what it means. I really don't. But it's just convenient that it's all happening when it is. And what if, what if, what if Miami gets up 2-0 and then everybody is magically out of protocols and it's back for game three and they go four straight on Miami and do some, you know, Miami being up on Dallas back in 11, losing four straight going bah, or sorry, Dallas being up on Miami back in six and losing four. And, uh, it is just wild when those situations happen. It would have been just as wild if Dallas had won four straight against Phoenix after those first couple of losses. You know, they ended yeah. up winning, which is still surprising in itself. But yeah. four straight in a row is still four straight. You know, it's still like, yeah. whoa, what just what just happened here? So, and, it, and um, it certainly is possible. I mean, you know, that's I'm not saying that. Like I said, you know, you can you can make a. a prediction about the series based on one game because you know you, you've got all the cold takes from skip bayless and everything like that saying somewhere out there somebody's saying sons and eight or something like that you know just mm-hmm. just for you know the humor side of it but just for right now until we know more about how long some of the celtic stars are going to be out and maybe they're maybe it's a false positive or maybe you know i don't know who knows maybe they'll be able to be back for game three, maybe even as early as game two, if they are, you know, clear isolation for however long they have to isolate for without showing uh, symptoms. I think it was like 48 hours. So let's say they tested positive on Monday. Game one was Tuesday. They don't test positive uh, on Tuesday. When they get tested on Wednesday, they don't test positive. They could in theory be able to travel and go play in game two, but who knows that we're not privy to that information. Yeah. And you know, whether, however it goes down, um, I had the heat getting past them anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess as we're throwing in predictions here, I guess I'll uh, casually throw in mine just like that. Uh, I had heat in seven from the get go. I just, once we got past the suns and you know, it was, it was heat on the other side uh, with a chance to be in the finals. I was like, 
this is just it's just destiny dallas round Miami, every three. time yeah every time just, dallas makes it to the finals they get miami or something yeah it's just it's destiny for miami to see us there once again we we got to have the trilogy we got to decide it we're one and one in these matchups you know in the finals yeah. they won 06 we got 11 got to settle it now and yeah. i just like it, it's it's it, it's meant to be and you know Miami has a tough test over there, but I think they've got a crew enough to get past it. Um, and, you know, even without Kyle Lowry, whether they get him back or not, he hasn't been that much of a factor to where mm-hmm. he's like a difference maker in the series or not. He definitely helps, but, you know, his subtraction isn't anything that's going to, you know, be any detriment to them winning that series or not. Yeah. Uh, so, I and, and it's just, it's felt like destiny. I don't it sounds weird to say it, but you know, Mavs oh. just getting to this point, and you know, some of the things that align with 2011, and you know, just the chance on the other side for round three. It's just like this is feels like it's supposed to happen. So uh, I, I got I got Heat in in seven over there. Um, you know, regardless of if you know Boston gets their crew back, I think it'll be too little, too late. Miami will yeah. see them. They'll 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 run through. They'll burst through. I uh, think Boston's going to have some fight, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going to do- go down swinging, but yeah, uh, but uh, I think Miami's going to get past them at the end of the day, heat in seven. I think so too, Drew. Uh, like you said, even if they get their guys back, I still think that Miami was going to, you know, and they were going to trade, you know, going home and home and home and home. So essentially like what we saw in the Suns Mavericks series, which in of itself was funny because last year, it was the exact same for the Mavericks where it was road, 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 but game seven goes to the home team. We see the exact opposite with the Mavs on the road in game seven being the only road team to win in that series against the Suns. Mm-hmm. So if, if it does go the full distance, I think Miami, just because they've got such a great atmosphere at home, and, and I I don't know. I mean, you, you're going to have to show – that you can win on the road and and there's not a whole lot of teams that we've seen in the you know in these NBA playoffs that have actually won games on the road. We've seen the Bucks, we've seen the Bulls, we've seen the Mavericks, we've seen the Warriors and we've seen the Suns. And we may have seen the Grizzlies. I think they did get one. Uh I'm just thinking about uh teams. Of course Miami has done it. Uh the Sixers did it. But out of the teams that are still remaining you know, they've, they have won on the road. And so they're going to have, I think the Celtics in order to win the series are going to have to do something that nobody has done to this point. And that's win on the road in Miami. Yeah, it's going to be, going to be tough, but I don't, I don't think they'll be able to climb past, but I don't think so either. We'll, we'll see. We shall see indeed. Um, Do you think the Celtics can get game two since this will be coming out after the game? No. Not from what I've seen. Heat Not in game two, one. Though. Yeah, I think it's okay. Heat 2-0. Now, if Boston can defend the home court like they were able to do in uh, game two and game seven against the Bucks, mm-hmm. then, you know, they they will have a chance to get it back to Miami uh, in a tie series. Okay. All right, let's go to the Western Conference side of things. And, VJ, like I said, we're so excited about our Dallas Mavericks making, and he's got the hat on as we're talking mm-hmm. today. Mavs making the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 11 years. 
They've uh, done a whole lot of things for the first time in 11 years this postseason. Yeah, yeah, they have, and that's what I'm saying. All these parallels, it just, it just, it's destiny. Got to believe in it. Uh, and uh, we don't want to get a little too crazy with destiny. We know how Daenerys Targaryen got in Game of Thrones. Got a little too spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is my destiny. Like, oh no, you're possessed now. Okay, but uh, yeah, Dallas Mavericks going to be taking on a multi-time champion crew uh a part of the you know the squad that's been taken over the last uh you know series of years when mm-hmm. they're with their dynasty winning three out of four in, in in that bit of uh championship run that they had there and uh you know been there done that crew steph curry two-time mvp you know defense player of the year on the other side clay young jordan Poole and that squad steve kerr the daunting task across from them, but BJ, we like this matchup. We had we we liked it during the regular season when we won the series three one, and we liked it if we'd have saw them in the first round, uh, as we were talking about matchups and seeding early on. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to this one, and I've been listening to a lot of different talk about it, as as you can imagine, in 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 the build up to tonight's game as it's being recorded on a Wednesday for game one. Uh, BJ, I think the Dallas Mavericks can get at least one of these to start off on the road. And I'm okay with just one. I just don't yeah. want another two, two Oh hole because I think the warriors will see red and they know what we're capable of as far as coming back. And they'll make sure we don't do that. And I don't want to be in that hole against, you know, a team that has the type of confidence that Golden State can, you know, easily crawl into. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think I think to take the reins here on this series and really kind of shift it in your favor, whether you, you know, lose the following or not, you got to take game 1. I think game 1 is just going to set the tone for like we're not we, we we're not just here by accident like we're good enough like the 11 team was in actuality to be here even though you know same type of it, uh, one of the parallels again same type of disadvantage we lost a key player going into the playoffs or i mean we've lost him for a f- months before this but a big time loss going into playoffs you know karan butler for the team back in 2011 mm-hmm. and this year tim hardaway jr going into playoffs for 2022 so a lot of things are reminiscent of 11 and you know it's not working out the exact same way it wasn't meant to but it's paralleled enough to where i think if we can if we can get in game one we set the tone here let's say golden state answers back with you know a win in game two bj we haven't lost at home since the first game of the playoffs without luca exactly with luca we we do not lose at home so uh, I think we can definitely defend home court. Fans are going to show up and show out, uh, even though the the tickets were. Um, if if you can afford it, by God, shout out to y'all. MFFLs <laughs> are going to be there. Uh, but I think I think we can be in a situation, BJ. We can start this series off with complete control. By the time we come back and talk about this again, and be up three one on these guys. Ooh, I like that, but I'm gonna do one better, Drew. The you were making the parallels. No way. You were making the parallels to 2011. Stop. I it. seem to remember a dynasty in 2011 that the Mavericks had to go through in oh, order man. to get to the finals when no they took down the way. Lakers. 
I'm not saying the Mavs are going to sweep the Warriors. I'm just you, saying if you say if if you want the parallels, then you, you cannot you go and and talk about it without making that comparison. Because in this current time frame that we're looking at, it's not the Lakers of the 2000, the late aughts and, and early 2010s that are the dynasty. It's these Warriors, these Warriors, which have looked like the the scary teams that were winning championships just a few years ago in this postseason thus far. Adding Jordan Poole, having him emerge in the absence of Steph Curry in the first round, added another weapon to this team. And now they're going to have the the splash quadruplets almost out there in Golden mm-hmm. State. So, you know, that's one thing that the Mavericks did not see a whole lot of when uh, they played Golden State in the regular season was this Jordan Poole. Now, that being said, the Mavericks certainly have the talent to go – and, and at least steal a road win, uh, like you said. I don't know if they're going to get both. Like I said, I don't expect them to sweep the Warriors. I just think if they did, the comparisons would just be too much to to not take a look at because you've got a similar storyline in that Lakers team that the Mavericks went through in the Western semis compared to this Warriors team. Now, they don't have that new young and up-and-coming team like the Oklahoma City Thunder that they went through in the conference finals that year. But you could make the argument with the Suns that, you know, the, as young as they are, the, the talent they have minus CP3, that that could have been, you you just flip-flop it around one round for the other. I'm not mm. going to make that argument, but it is a very interesting comparison to say the least. Um, if we do want to go ahead and, and do predictions, I do agree with you, Drew. I think that they can absolutely win one on the road when they've they've needed to. They did, as you saw in Game 7 in Phoenix, and not only just winning, but the way that they won in that convincing authority. And just I I don't think, you know, you and I were talking about it, Drew, on Sunday. We've never seen a Game 7 like that before where it was just completely one-sided. I asked you, I said, What's the biggest blowout in Game 7 history? You said it's this, and I couldn't find anything that said otherwise. So I, I would you know, be hard-pressed to find a, you know, a more dominant performance on the road in a Game 7, like win or go home, than what we saw from the Mavericks. What's your official prediction, BJ? You didn't say it. I think you know what my official prediction is going to be. My no, official, no. official, official prediction I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my heart's prediction as well. Oh, buddy. My heart's prediction is Mavericks in six, winning on the home court. My official prediction is gonna be Mavs in seven, just because I think, if I'm being honest, the Warriors have the talent to steal one back home and shift it to being home, home, home kind of deal. I think they can go back into gold, going back to San Francisco at a two-two tie. Warriors take game five and then Mavs, similar to how they did in the Western semis, win game six and then have to go and win game seven on the road. That's my official prediction. I hope that my heart is right and says Mavs in six, but this this is going to be a very good series, Drew. I, I'm fully ex- excited to watch this all the way through one way or the other. I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that it doesn't end here. I'm very content with how far they've gotten this year because, you know, a lot of people wrote the Mavericks off in the series with the Suns. Uh, nobody had them going and, and winning, not even you or I. We were hopeful, and I said I thought they could take it to seven, and they did that and then some. So 
I, I think they've got the talent, and they've been playing like a championship contending team. They can win it all this year. Let's hope that they keep the track rolling. BJ, I, I was looking for another comparison here, and I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna find it. So hold okay. on. Um, okay. So if this were to hold, okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you my prediction: Mavs in six. Yeah. Mavs in six. They don't lose a home game. Okay. If that holds through this conference finals, the Mavs will have the exact same number of home losses that they had in 2011 going to the finals. Zero. Own, no, no, they had one. Oh, that's right. Sorry. They had one. We Ours was obviously okay. Jazz game one. Mm-hmm. Our one home loss was game two versus OKC. Game gotcha. two versus OKC in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and that um, also was a 3-4 matchup because Oklahoma City had upset, I believe, San Antonio. Yeah, and, that was, and they were the four seed. And that was our only uh that was our only loss in that series, too. Mm-hmm. Um and then let's see. Let me double check up here. And I don't remember exactly, but I'm I'm double checking just to make sure if I spew off of the mouth. Okay. So we did lose one at home in Yeah, it was the in the finals. The game game that three. LeBron, yeah, the one that yeah. LeBron and D Wade were making fun of dirt because he had the flu yeah um okay so i mean for right now bj i think we can win them all at home i think it's possible and i really feel like you know here i'm gonna i'm gonna get real specific with my predictions here um i think mavs mavs win game one drop game two win three and four at home to have a three one lead Mm-hmm. Go back to Golden State, lose that game five. Go back home and take care of business at the crib and go to the finals in six. Man, I think it goes I, down I, like that. I would love um, it. The only thing that I, I'd, I'd like for one little wrinkle to switch um, or something, just, you know, maybe I'd like for this to be the round we'd lose one at home, even though I don't want to see it. I hope we don't lose any at home. But mm-hmm. if we're going to lose one, I'd rather it be – now than mm-hmm. in the finals because i feel like if we lose one in the finals it would hurt our confidence a lot more than it would right now yeah so but sticking with mavs in six that's that's how it's going to go down those are the games we're going to win and we're going to the finals baby get your clips ready on twitch yo we're we're, we're going to the finals we're going to the i i, I feel like i've said this I don't know if I said this on the pod or not, but once we got past Phoenix, I was I'm all in on a championship now. I'm I'm in. They have they have sucked me into their brand of basketball and just I'm bought in. I'm I'm feel like I'm part of the team. Ever, ever since the trade kid, deadline, or they've gotten so much better defensively. They've been playing in a championship contender level, and they're not afraid of anybody. They weren't afraid of Phoenix. They went in there. And they they found a way to win in a hostile environment. Game seven, they're not afraid of the Warriors. They're not even afraid of whoever comes out of the East, whether it's the Heat or the Celtics. They went in. I think they got pretty close, if not winning, in Boston. I know they won in Miami this year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll go back and double check that, but I'm pretty sure they've won at 
I know they've won at Golden State. I'm pretty sure they won at Boston. I and I think they won at Miami as well. Mavs in six, baby. Mavs in love six. to see it. I would love, love to, to see it. And BJ, for the last five home games I've been at for the Dallas Mavericks are five and L. So mm-hmm. just saying, just, uh, oh yeah, you, you ended you ended your streak and you started another one, which is I, much better. I did. This is a much better streak. I like mm-hmm. winning streaks. Yeah, great. Yes, sir. Um, and it's all part of that good NBA playoff action, BJ, which. It's nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA this week. New customers, that could be you, can bet just $5 on any of those teams. You want to bet on the Mavs. You know you do. To win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Yeah, that's right, Drew. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, you can do just that with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, Dallas, the total three-pointers they're going to make, 17, the total rebounds, I, you can put whatever number you wish in there, and more, and boom, you have a shot and an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk about the WNBA before we get back into the NBA because we want to talk a little bit about the NBA draft lottery that was on Tuesday night. But first, we want to address the Brittany Griner situation. She's still being held overseas in Russia by the Russian government. Adam Silver is uh, has come out and said that the NBA is also working uh, in terms of trying to get her released. Uh, you wanted to talk about this to start off with. Do we have any new updates on her situation, how she's uh, how she's handling things over there. Well, uh, we've got an update. Uh, I mean, not necessarily maybe any words from her. We've got a, a, a timeline to, mm-hmm. you know, everything that's been going on, how long she's been over there these, yeah. uh, these past three months, but just, yeah, this is something I want to talk about today. You know, we've gone, you know, this course of time that she's been over there. We haven't, uh, you know, extent extensively dove into it yet, but just, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of sinking in a little bit more and more as time goes by. Like, obviously, it's a big deal. It's been a big deal from the jump. Yeah. And it's something I've, I've uh, you know, had discussions with people outside of this podcast. But, um, you know, it's just sinking in more and more just like, you know, you can't imagine, like, what's going through her head on a, on a day-to-day and how she's doing mentally and you know not too long ago during the bubble season i believe it was she took a break and uh you know needed a mental health break then and just imagine like just this situation like you know Brittany, you know there was contemplation at that first time she took that break whether she was going to come back and play basketball again and you yeah. know just this situation is just so much worse and so much more traumatic and stressful for her and she's she's being used as a bargaining bargaining chip it's not like she's actually you know a real criminal out here or no. anything and deserves her detainment by any means necessary yeah. and 
she's just being used as a bargaining chip and it's just it's sad to see and i just i really feel for her and you know her family and her wife and you know everything you know praying praying for her safe return all the time and just hoping that she can get back for sure and you know sooner rather than later i know it's probably been the longest three months of her life um you know over there and uh it's just 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 so dumb it's it's crazy it's been three months at this yeah. point, it's unfortunately seemed like time has kind of flown by here. Unfortunately, um, I know it hadn't for her. Oh no, it's it's it probably felt like a whole year's gone by for her, and just just the situations that's just yeah. going on for her. But um, you know, one of the good things is is something that came out earlier today. We heard from, uh, or I, I saw this news. You probably saw it too. Uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Uh, says he is working side by side with the WNBA commissioner Kathy Engelbert in order mm-hmm. to get uh, Brittany Griner out of Russia. Um, you know, she was arrested back in February, as we said. Um, she got arrested for you know the hash oil in her luggage going to uh, Russia to play for UMMC. I'm not even going to try and say that last part of the UMC team name. I'm not good with this, but I'll, I might try later. Uh, <laughs> the Russian isn't your specialty. I'm just you know, some of those overseas teams' names are just they're just tough sometimes, and I just don't want to yeah. butcher it. Uh, U.S. State Department, you know, since classified her as you know wrongfully detained, obviously, and uh, cases being handled by you know U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs Roger Carstens. Um, Quote from Adam Silver, the league, and by that, both the WNBA and its brother league, the NBA, we have a huge responsibility to Brittany. Brown is one of our players. Uh, Part of our decision to not take a higher profile here, frankly, came at the suggestion of experts in and out of government who felt the best path to getting Brittany was not to amplify the issue. Having said that, there's an enormous role for the public party or for the public to play through protests or letting their representative know how strongly they feel about this. So we're working. Uh, yeah. Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA is on this issue every single day. Uh, Adam Silver said he's working side by side with her. They've been in touch with the white house state department, hostage negotiators at every level of government and also through the private sector as well. Uh, their number one priority is her health and safety and making sure that she gets out of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, BJ, just kind of a uh, going through the timeline that I said we had here. Um, February 17th is her original detainment day. Um, apparently it wasn't known the exact date at the time, uh, but, but according to Representative Colin Alred, uh, who spoke on March 9th about Brittany Griner. This was the date that Griner was detained after officials at the Russian airport near Moscow said they found the hash oil in her luggage. So it yeah. has been exactly three months already. Uh, and by the time this you know, comes out, it'll be three months and three days. But mm-hmm. it's been a long stinking time. Uh, yeah. March 5th, a video of Griner at the airport surfaced. So nearly a month later. Um, and, and just after that, uh, March 6th, all other American WNBA players uh, got back uh, from their respective teams to get away. Um, quote, we're doing everything we can to see to it that their rights are upheld and respected. Uh, that's coming from U.S. Secretary of State Anthony or Antony Blinken. 
but uh, uh, a lot of a lot of things happening since then. The the video or a photo released of Brittany Griner from Russian State TV back on March eighth, posted by CNN. Uh, no date on the photo, so no. Don't know if that was a recent photo, yeah. uh, if that was a first day photo, you know, whatever. It just had no date on it. Uh, detention was extended for Brittany back on March 17th. Uh, report noted Grinder's detention would be extended until May 19th. So until tomorrow from when this is recording, uh, at least. Uh, so there'll probably be more information coming out. Maybe as even we're recording right now, if not tomorrow and the next day by the time this drops so we'll probably have a significant update for you uh on this next episode yeah um but grinder met with u.s officials on the 23rd uh u.s counselor officials visited grinder in russia for the first time uh just a month and five days after her detainment after pressing for access to her state department spokesperson uh confirmed she was well um her cell bunk is a foot too short for a six foot nine person. Mm. Not really a surprise, to be honest, because yeah. you know she's extraordinarily tall. Yeah, they, they probably have things set up for the average, you know, human height. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe at best six foot. It's yeah. I was gonna say it's it's not that they're trying to, you know, be like unfair or anything like that to her. It's just they don't. There's not. You won't find a whole lot of places that. Can accommodate you know, six foot nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you don't get news really for a month about Brittany. Then on April 27th, a former Marine uh, gets released. Uh, Biden's administration announced Trevor Reed, former Marine who had been in uh, Russia since 2019, was released in a prisoner exchange. Uh, ESPN recorded, reported that Griner's camp saw his release as a positive sign for Brittany's future. Um, yeah which is, you know, a positive for all of us that, that have been hoping yeah. for her, uh, you know, safe release here. And then uh, a little bit later, not too long, May 3rd, Griner deemed wrongfully detained by the U.S., which we mentioned earlier. Um, WNBA season tipped off. All the home courts have BG42 on it. I saw it on Dallas's court on mm-hmm. opening night. Got a picture of that. Um, I'll uh, slide that. Uh, I'll see if I can slide that on the uh, – instagram actually um and yeah. then uh most recently is may 13th griner was denied home detention uh griner briefly appeared in court a judge denied a request to move griner to home detention griner's lawyer alexander boykov told the associated press that her detention had been extended by a month the new york times reported he expected a trial in about two months so it won't be till mid-july so we get a trial. So it definitely seems like it's safe to say that Griner will be missing this season. Not that that basketball really matters, but if no. there are, you know, just general fans of the game, don't expect to see Brittany playing this year, probably. It's un- but it's just unfortunate. Just, yeah. It, I mean, we're just worried about getting her back safely. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we, we, we know how she'd be dominating the game if she was if she was playing right now. Uh, do have yeah. recent news as of today. You know, a little bit more for you. Uh, U.S. Embassy said Russian authorities have denied American officials three times in May from visiting Griner and called for the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs to provide timely uh, counselor access. Embassy was denied uh, visits. Uh, so 
getting I don't know. It's just just it's stressful. The more time goes on, it's just like what could happen. Like, you know, yeah. you take the bright spots when they come when the one guy gets released last month. So, you know, you get you get glimmers of hope and, and you feel a little better about certain things, but you never feel completely okay. Because yeah. you know, if she's still over there, you don't know what could happen. You know, you won't, how long you won't you feel know. good until she's back safely in, in American custody. Right. And obviously or not even custody is not the right word. Sorry. And obviously Russia doesn't care. You know, they you know, they they're not afraid to play hardball. They held that dude for three years. So yeah. who knows what you know, yeah. what's what's gonna go on here. Um and if I don't even wanna eh. Yeah, it's. I don't want to think about the duration of it. No, no, it's just one of those situations, Drew. That I mean, you know, without going too political, because I've never wanted this show to to get in that way. It's just completely asinine. Some of the the things that uh, the Russian government has done this year. I'm not to say, you know, asinine, but just completely. I, I, it's diabolical. It's just disturbing what we've seen. And this is the latest of, of those that they have outdated rules and laws in place that someone cannot have a small container of hash oil in their luggage. And then they get held for three months. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't want to know what the Russian government would have done to one of its own citizens, because, you know, the, I don't know if this is just done because this is a high-profile American citizen that is going to, you know, get a lot of attention, or if it would have just been that they're take the Russian citizen in the same situation behind the shed and and that's it or something like that. It's just you don't know what they are capable of and it's just the longer that this goes on the more that you worry and and just are fearful of what they can and will do next and so we want you know we want to negotiate but we also don't want to necessarily put more terrorists for lack of better word out in the world that we've detained for a reason you know, that the, the Russian government wants released. So that yeah. I, I'll get off my soapbox now, but I just, you know, we, we all want to see Brittany Griner safely back here. I don't think there's, there's anybody that you'll find that, that doesn't want that. Right. Got to get Griner back home safely for sure. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and shift gears to the basketball side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into the WNBA season. Uh, as we are entering the second week here, or have mm-hmm. kind of gone through a couple of weeks of yeah. WNBA so far. This weekend um, will be the third weekend, I believe. Yeah. So plenty of things to talk about from week two. Um, a, lo- a lot of different stuff has gone on and a lot of a lot of raised eyebrows like the rock you know that (laughs) that people's eyebrow raise whatever it's just some confusing things going on but um also some health and safety protocols as well going on bj because those w players have to what fly commercial Mm. and uh, the mask mandate has been lifted 
in airports. So players have been put in health and safety protocols, already missed games, and that's been part of the mm. turmoil for one of these teams that we'll talk about on here. Uh, I've got some specific things I want to hit in week two uh, of BJ. A l- little more ironed out and specific this time. We were kind of all over the place that first time around, mm-hmm. but it was a lot. I mean, we, had, we had like a week and a half's worth that first time. But uh, yeah. this time uh, I want to talk off uh, – some surprises mm-hmm. um namely i want to talk about the atlanta dream yes atlanta dream um you know new ryan howard was ready for the league but i know she was this ready i didn't know she was gonna yeah. kind of lighten up a storm here and you know setting setting some rookie records here some of the some of the most points in her first uh four or five games of a season here i believe it was 102 she's like the fourth player with 100 two or more something like that i'll get to that here in a second but she's killing it with the dream you know they're winning they obviously dominated dallas to open the season uh at dallas Mm -hmm. and have been on a roll and only dropped one since and and she's been kind of the success story of that leading that team and there's been talks of her early on uh being you know possible possible to be like Candace Parker was rookie of the year MVP in her first season. Yeah. Um, and the way the dream are going right now, cause you know, anticipating, you know, dream going into this season, we thought dream were going to be bottom four in the league once again, but some things are shaking up to where they may not be. And here's that stat. Ryan Howard has scored 102 points through her first five WNBA games. That's the seventh most points scored through five games by any WNBA rookie ever. Wow. Ryan Howard, of course, at number seven, one hundred two, tied at fifth. Uh, ooh, I can't. I don't remember this player's first name. Something Bolton and Asia Wilson at one hundred four. Tamika Catchings with one hundred five. Um, uh, Nikki McRae with one hundred six. Cappy Pondexter with one hundred fifteen, and Simone Augustus at number one with one hundred sixteen. Mm. So truly yeah. remarkable. Definitely doing some big time things already and making her impact. And she had, I believe, four blocks in that first game against Dallas. Um, and it was kind of a quiet night she had too. And it was still she still led her team in multiple categories. But you know she's dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's she's making uh, everyone believe that she was very much worth that number one pick. Yeah. Uh, looking looking like the uh, the best number one pick over the past couple of years. Uh, and uh, really making it known uh, that she deserved to be number one. Time, you know, when uh, being asked of you know Dream's record, you know that's why that's why they brought me here. She said. So you know, yeah. Atlanta Dream starting off pretty hot. Four and undefeated one away from game. home. Yeah, four and one, three and zero oh on the road. Been pretty good start for them. Yes, indeed. And the Oof team. <laughs> I'm calling them my Oof team. Uh, that's New York Liberty. New York Liberty started off this season, uh, started off this season with a surprise victory over the Connecticut Sun to mm-hmm. open up the season. They had they kind of had a dramatic opening to the season uh, before that, I believe, or the might have been uh, Sabrina's rookie year actually, uh, with that buzzer beater three or something like that. Just a big time game. They they have dramatic openers. But they've mm-hmm. dropped every game since that opener, BJ. Yeah. And they had a historically bad uh, franchise <laughs> franchise record bad night last night. Uh, let me get to that. Mr. Miles Elric from Windsider. Uh, I had some of those numbers from 
uh, the Liberty's tumultuous night uh, on Tuesday night, BJ. They had uh, a franchise record for turnovers, and they just they just could not get it done. They've been they've been wow. playing pretty bad, and you know some team some some people just the way the roster looked on paper, you know, you had some faith in it to mm-hmm. actually you know slip into the playoffs and be that team that made it in and keep the sparks out. But yeah, yeah, they're just. Uh... I don't know. It's not looking, not looking too, uh, too promising here. Yeah. So as I get past the post game quotables here, uh, all right. So New York Liberty on Tuesday night finished with 32 turnovers, Golly. which is the worst mark in franchise history, and just one short of the WNBA history, ah, WNBA record of 33. She final score in the loss to Connecticut, ninety-two to sixty-five. Um, for his historic purposes, uh, that number one time with those thirty-three turnovers per uh, WBB timeline on August seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven, the Utah Stars turned it over thirty-three times in a loss to the Phoenix Mercury with four forty-one to go in the second quarter. The Liberty. Uh, oh, sorry, that was for something else. Stop at the Phoenix Mercury. That's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> he was answering somebody's question. But, yeah, you get the okay. point. It was a uh, really bad night for New York. and they're Very bad. Yeah. All out of sorts with a team that, you know, has got a lot of talent that should be able to put it together. Is just looking like they're going to the lottery right now. It's yeah. really weird. Kind of surprised um, by the way that the storm have started too. They got the win on opening night, and then since then, it's been some tough games that they've had to play. But they're uh, they haven't won since then. They're one and three. I well, think they'll get it figured out. But just kind of a little bit of an early, you know, first couple weeks surprise to me at least. Yeah, storms. Storms' real hiccup is because one of those players in health and safety protocols is Brittany, uh, Brianna Stewart. Yeah. Uh, so, and I believe they they won that first game with her, and then she's been out these last three because of the protocols, and mm-hmm. they've dropped them all. So, um, you know how important she is to that team. Yes. Um, yeah. And especially without you know the same type of role players that they had in the past when they were champions, you know, mm-hmm. the Canadas of the world, you know, Alicia Clark, Howard, and all those players are gone. Yeah. So they can't afford to not have Stewie on the court. They don't have enough mm-hmm. anymore. Um, is she going to be back good. for the game against the sky? Do you know, or is she uh, still out? Don't know exactly yet. I'd have to. I'd have to check here in a bit. Okay, she could um, be back as early, if not tonight, then then for the uh, the Sparks game on Friday. Possibly yes. Um, and you know some of the drama that happened. You know we're still kind of mainly talking about Tuesday stuff since we're early in the week mm-hmm. with this, but Tuesday stuff is just fresh because there was no Monday games. Five games on Tuesday night, BJ, mm-hmm. and most of them were blowouts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, there's tension going on in Phoenix. You know, I, I know some players aren't a fan of when the camera gets to the bench, and you know players are arguing. It makes it look like there's a little bit more drama than there actually is you know players mm-hmm. argue and all that but i don't know because you know i you know covering dallas for a little bit you know got to you know know skylar diggins and see you know uh her play style and you know the type of person she is as far as competitiveness and things like that i remember uh in my early days i was comparing her competitiveness to like 
you know, Russell Westbrook and like the intensity mm-hmm. out there, just, just that, that type of intense player. Well, like when, when Sky gets mad, she be, she get mad. And, and, you know, uh, women like, you know, when that leg gets to shaking sometimes, like, you know, like they're about to just go off and mm-hmm. her and DT, uh, you know, had a little argument on the sideline and kind of cut out before it like really got super heated. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was definitely plenty of frustration, uh, obviously, on the face of Skylar Diggins-Smith. And you can just tell in the body language and the way they were talking. And then DT stood up and then then it goes off. So, yeah. but, you know, there's tension there. Um, I'm surprised it actually took this long uh, for something like that to blow up on the bench just because, you know, both of them, they're, they're – you know, DT is a, a trash talker and, you know, Sky is so competitive and if she gets hot, then she's hot, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just surprised those two didn't butt heads earlier just because of the personalities that they are, you know, their competitiveness and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it could be some trouble out there in uh, Phoenix, but uh, who it's knows? Possible. They're let's, doing. Let's hope not. Yeah, we'll see, though. We'll see. Um, and in, in Dallas. Got some inconsistencies out here. Very, very yeah. seldom, BJ. Do you see a team that cannot hold down home court but can get it done on the road? Yeah. And that is exactly who the Dallas Wings are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, pooped away two games at home with good crowds in Arlington and got tough ones on the road. And have just been up and down, been inconsistent. Yeah. And some of this comes from the play of the star, Rike Gunbawale. You know, there's been it's it's been said multiple times this team goes as a Rike goes, and mm-hmm. it seems it's very clear that that is exactly the case. And if if you can't rein her in, you can't kind of rein the team in and kind of galvanize the troops. Yeah. And you know, both of those home games, she's she's had bad games. Yeah. And she's she's shown emotionally that, uh, you know, she's still got some of those same old tendencies from some of her earlier years. You know, the upsetness uh, yeah. that she encounters when she's having a bad game, tough, tough shooting night. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, just just like her earlier years and how she always starts off the season, you know, she tries to be aggressive, but she just tries to do too much, kind of force the issue. And, you know, she ends up shooting like a horrible percentage, you know, a couple for like, you know, eight, nine, ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, at the half yesterday, Tuesday, she was over at the half and didn't have any points. And it was just it just it's just rough when she's out there, mm-hmm. you know, obviously uh, in a tizzy, you know, the team staying in it, even when she's not scoring in that first half, because Marina's able to, you know, get hot and go four for five and get some buckets. But. You know the incon- the uh, the steady inconsistencies of the team is like when you go into the second half, and you know I feel like coach kind of backpedaled on this in the in the press conference. You know when we asked her uh, why Marina only played a few minutes in the third, there she was saying it was foul trouble, and then she kind of backpedaled on it, like foul trouble. I think like do you think or is it foul trouble? Like if it was foul trouble, why do you have to think if it's foul trouble? It just it doesn't seem like it is, you know. If it was okay, but you yeah. know, she's the hottest player that you had right there. Even if she is, it, at most at that time she was in three, she'd have had three fouls early in the third. That's that's doable to keep her in there. If you if she's got four right there, okay, sit. Yeah, her. but she does she she didn't. So, um, I I don't know. It's just. It just seems like whenever they have any type of disagreement, you know, Mabry and VJ, 
that it's just like, you know, it's just immediately go sit down, you know, and you don't hardly see Mabry for the rest of the game all the time. And it's a consistency that, you know, was a thing that happened last year and it's something that happened again this year. And, you yeah. know, that fluctuation is just kind of a, it's kind of an example of the relationship between her and Vijay, you know, like the way her role changes, you know, last year she started as a starter was, was cooking, you know, playing well with Arike. Then she went to kind of a six woman role, you know, um, Obviously, she's just trying to do what's best for the team, but you know, her and VJ coming to another seems like some spat every once in a while. Maybe there's something in practice or something, but she her role goes down even more. She doesn't see the floor anywhere near as much. She goes from being like the clear sixth woman of the year or most improved player to, you know, you can't even put her there anymore because VJ doesn't play her. Yeah. And, you know, she goes to like seventh, you know, eighth ninth woman on you know on as far as the pecking order goes and how she's utilized and then you know now she starts the season off she doesn't start she comes off the bench like i don't know six seventh woman off the bench uh, or six six seventh player you know for, first second person off the bench you know what i mean um and then she's been starting the past three games so like it's just a flip-flop role kind of thing it's just kind of how however late seems like however their relationship is going at the time Mabry and coach is if she's starting or not if they're okay they're good Mabry's balling she's starting uh, if they're arguing more uh Mabry starts to miss shots or whatever you know she's not starting or she doesn't play as much and whatever there's always something and it's maybe just me that I can tell because I've been around the team but it's it's mm-hmm. always something but the inconsistencies of that plus you know all the big deal that was made about Tierra coming to Dallas and she played less than nine minutes in the game. Um, she's not starting when the first time I ever asked about uh, Tierra starting when she came back, it was kind of like an adamant no. Um, you know this team, I, I I swear I've heard this in the past. They don't run a lot of plays, so like I don't understand what a whole lot is there for. Uh, Tierra to you know figure out that's just mm-hmm. so difficult that you can't put her in more to you know figure it out in real time. Yeah. Um, and especially just the way she was pumped up by you know Greg and the staff and everything. Oh, walking double double. Oh, this big time player. She's exactly what we needed. Blah blah blah. Then why is she playing you know six to nine minutes a game? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me either. But. You know, there are things to figure out with a new team, I guess. But, yeah, you know, I think she's smart enough to get it if you just put her out there. And, you know, Dallas plays, you know, some team defense mostly anyway. Um, but I'll tell you what, BJ, the Mystics had about 42 points in the paint last night. out of I think, I think that was nearly half of what they scored in the game. I think it was half. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, 42 points in the paint. And, you know, you put Tierra in there more to disrupt and, you know, kind of protect the rim like she was supposed to be brought there to do. Mm-hmm. Then you don't give up 42 points in the paint and get absolutely dominated by the Washington bench. Yeah. So, I mean, but whatever. I mean, she's got to learn more. Fine. So here in a couple of weeks, if she's still averaging less than 10 minutes a game, we're going to have the same conversation. Like, well, coach, it's been two more weeks. You've gotten to practice this girl. Why is she not playing all Lord. these minutes that it sounded like y'all yeah. was gonna play her? We not trade for her. Is mm-hmm. she not? Is she not what you thought she was? You had to watch her for yeah. three years. You should have got a good picture of who exactly this player was. Yeah. But whatever. Too much time on Dallas there. Okay. <laughs> so 
Teams that are winless at home in the WNBA. Obviously, the Dallas Wings we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Lynx, who have just started off tumultuous, just you know, players waved here, players signed, they wave them again to some mm-hmm. new team every day, dang near yeah. with this team. And then some it's, of the players. It's tough that, to get some consistency. Yeah, and some players that Reeve had traded four years ago just can't seem to stay healthy. Natalie Chanwa, um, who's out with a hamstring now for Minnesota. And, you know, Ariel Powers kind of started off the year. Shout out to Homie AP, a little bit a little bit slow, missing some shots and some games. You know, I think just mm-hmm. one for 10 and one and had another tough shooting game. But, you know, she's had a she's had some others, those those others that have been okay, but they, they needed more from her. Uh, as far as efficiency goes. But, you know, Kayla McBride coming back on Tuesday night uh, was a revelation and won it for the Lynx uh, to get their first win. She come back from Turkey and led them to the first win after starting off Mm 0-4. She had a huge season overseas. She was was big time. I got to watch some of those games and one of the bigger ones that she had overseas. So she's – She's she's playing some really good basketball right now, but uh, Lynx finally got their first win. And the last winless team at home, L.A. Sparks. Sparks only played one home game, so, I mean. It was last night. Yeah, not not poking into that as much. You know, that was that win by the Lynx as well over the Sparks. So not poking at them as much as far as the winless at home thing, but no, they are winless at home. Thing. Yeah. Um, and winless on the road teams here. Uh Seattle Storm, uh, that's mostly because Stewie's been gone and all these mm-hmm. games they played on the road, Stewie hasn't been there. So uh, you kind of take that situation with a grain of salt. Uh, but New York Liberty, obviously, it's not just you know them having problems on the road. They got problems, period. But yeah. just notable that they're not winning on the road either. They've so, only played once on the road, so that could change. Yeah, they're, they're one of those that's only played once. But they're not playing good in general. I bet we'll see them. Uh, not doing too many, too much winning on the road for a little bit. Um, yeah. But we'll see. You know, teams that you didn't hear a lot about today because they're kind of doing some middle of the pack stuff, or uh, they haven't played enough games yet. The Sun only played a few games. They're two and one. You know, the stinker to the Liberty that didn't make sense, or else they'd be undefeated three and zero right now. They're looking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so not much extra to note about them. They look really good. Go watch them. Um. Washington Mystics, they're a really good team. Shakira Austin is a baller. I love her personality. I like the way she plays the game. She was fun to watch last night. Her and Izzy were a treat to to watch go at each other. Uh, Shakira, she really talks that cash during the game, too. She'd block it. She'd be like, yeah, that's right, uh-huh, and, <laughs> and flex over on the block and stuff. I, I like yeah. that personality stuff. I like like that intensity. Um but yeah, Mystics are really good. They'd be undefeated five and zero if not for us beating them at their crib that one time. So Mystics yeah. are looking really good as their their team's coming back and healthy. Um, let's see who else, who else did I have here to mention? Uh, you know, Atlanta Dream, like we said, they're four and one, undefeated road team, doing well. Sky have only played a few games. They're two and one, uh, defending champs, um, dropping the first one one back to back. Uh, Indiana Fever, they're in their rebuild, but they've already got as many wins as last year. That doesn't mean much because they stunk wow. last year, but yeah. uh, they got a couple of wins already, two and four, not doing yeah. great. Um, let's see who else. Mercury, we talked about them having some tension. Aces starting off hot, four, four and one with Becky Hammond and company. Asia, 
uh, was the player of the week in week one uh, in the WNBA alongside Ryan Howard of Atlanta. Asia, in those first, like, four games, man, she had, like, 15 blocks in four games. Yeah. In those first four. I mean, she's yeah. she's averaging almost four blocks a game this season. It's it's unreal right now. She's, she's screaming defensive player of the year early on, but – We'll, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that goes on as season goes, but yeah, um, been uh, been an interesting first couple of weeks. Looking forward to see how Absolutely. things shake out. Wings last home game of the month of May is on Saturday, and they're not back for a while, so they'll have a, a road trip for a while. That's probably mm-hmm. to their advantage since they stink at home right now. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. And they just got Satu back. She won't play in Phoenix. But she will play in uh, at home on Saturday. So right. it'll be good. Good. be good to have the All-Star back, who's fresh off a of Euro MVP and championship right now. That's mm-hmm. just that's great. That is great. Um, BJ, before we dive in, well, actually, let's go ahead and just give it over. With. WNBA Fantasy uh, is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. For some reason, BJ is ducking and dodging some WNBA Fantasy you don't want that smoke. He, he, he's he's done. He he's had enough in the NBA realm. He didn't want to jump in here on the WNBA side, but it's fun. It's, it's been um, a lack of having free time to devote to having fantasy. Feel, um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been fun so far um, on on this side of things. Um, goodness, I got dominated in the first day. Man, on on this side, there's no, you know how on our NBA side, there's deductions for missed shots, missed free throws, yeah. turnovers. Uh, there's no deductions on this side. It's just the positives. So um, numbers Sounds would good. be really weird if if they were. Um, but I I went against somebody yesterday. You know, Tariq was in our uh, our other league, but his team went off on me last night. Mariah Jefferson had her best game in a while. As she's in Minnesota now after getting traded from Dallas. Mm-hmm. She put up 42 fantasy points. Kayla McBride, who led the Lynx to the win, put up 38 fantasy points. Yeah. That's Tina tough to just the two of those players. Yeah. Then Tina Charles had 29. Stephanie Dolson had 24. I had one player yesterday have 20-plus, and that was Brittany Sykes. Rough, rough start to the That's week. rough. Very rough, yeah. But W fantasy is it's it's fun. It's there's one wrinkle I don't like. I wish there was like a uh, a utility position that was an, another utility position that was guard forward or something or another mm-hmm. utility position. But you can never play more than three guards, whereas you could play like five forwards if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that's what stinks because if you got plenty of good guards and you know the, the you don't have forwards playing, but you have enough guards. Or you have more guards playing, but you can't play them all because there's not another spot to put that other guard. Yeah, it stinks. So yeah. kind of have to you kind of have to keep an eye more on the waiver than you normally would. Um, just as far as the shuffle in and out, if you can, if you got a player that you can't play that's a guard, you can go grab you a little forward because you can only play a forward here. Yeah, you know. So, but it's good overall. Uh, something cool, BJ. I don't know if you saw this while I posted it. Uh, one of my uh, my uh, my reports on Ty Harris's ankle injury being questionable for the previous game, not Tuesday, the road mm-hmm. the road game, uh, got put on the WNBA fantasy update for Ty Harris, 
and and was on there on uh, the ESPN app. So that was I did cool see that when somebody sent me a screenshot of that because I didn't I didn't find it originally. Somebody sent it to me, so that was super cool. Uh, so anybody listening right now, take make sure you look out for those Dallas Wings players and and those injury reports on your players. You might see my name on there. And also treat him nice. Yeah, talk to me nicely. Talk to me nicely. <laughs> All right. BJ, I think before we get into with a credit, you wanted to hit some NBA draft lottery stuff real quick. Yeah, the yeah, I'll go over it real quick because I know we've we've gone a little long here in this episode, but uh the NBA draft lottery last night, there's a lot of good talented players that uh will be uh up, you know, decided, you know, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paulo Benchero or Bankera, I mean, uh, and so the, the order of which those players will go will be decided in June at the NBA draft, but the order of the teams that will get to select from the pool players was determined last night with Magic winning the, the lottery. They had a 14% chance to do so, so they get the number one pick. It was apparently 30 years to the day from when they won the 92 draft lottery, which they then used to uh, draft Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, they were very lucky and very magical, if you will. Oh, uh, stop it. <laughs> number two went to Oklahoma City, so they'll get a really good player. The Rockets, uh, I think they had the worst record, but they only get the third pick. Yeah, the most surprising, I think, to me, Drew, was Sacramento. They jumped up and get to pick at number four uh, just because of the way that the the lottery balls all fell. Wait, so who's uh, third again? So Houston, the Rockets were third. Okay. And the Thunder were second. The and Magic, then Thunder, Rockets, and then who did you just say? The Kings. Kings, yeah. Kings go fourth. Uh, the Pistons will pick in the top five again at number mm-hmm. five. The Pacers were uh, fell down to six. The Trailblazers will pick at seven. The Lakers pick, which is the Pelicans pick because of the Anthony Davis trade, landed at number eight. The Spurs will pick at number nine. The Wizards pick the 10th pick. New York Knicks get pick number 11. The Thunders pick that they acquired from the Clippers lands them at 12. The Hornets will be 13, and the Cavaliers will pick at number 14. So those were the the uh, results of the lottery last night for the, the teams that were not in the playoffs. Our Mavericks will have a pretty far pick in the first round down, mm-hmm. no better than 26 because they – have been successful this year in the playoffs. So that's all that uh, really wanted to mention was because how funny it was 30 years to the same day that the magic got to won the lottery that they then used to pick Shaquille O'Neal. They will also win the 30 years later and they can pick either Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bencaro, or whomever they want to pick. There's a, Keegan Murray from Iowa. He's a really good player. I've seen him mocked in the top five. All right, BJ. Here's how I think it's going to go. I don't think Chad Holmgren is going to go number one. Uh, It just wouldn't make sense in Orlando because they've just drafted like three tall, skinny guys. Jonathan Mm -hmm. Isaac, Mo Bamba. Got a bunch of them suckers. We don't need one that's like 20 pounds smaller than all of them, Mm -hmm. but taller. And he's still got to put on like 30, 40 pounds. Uh, Yeah. So I think here, – here's how I think it's going to go. Number one pick going to be Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Ooh. Okay. Number two 
Very interesting. To OKC, Chet Holmgren. Mm -hmm. To pair up with Giddy, that would make Oklahoma City fans giddy, I'll tell you that. Oh my gosh, stop. (laughs) That that would be fun, though. And number three, Houston is going to get Pablo Bancaro. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stop at the top three. You think Jabari three. Smith falls down to like Sacramento though? Yeah, he's been he's been listed as one of the top three I prospects, know. but mm. oh. wow! All right, King, Kings Kings get some fortune. Yeah, maybe they need it. Yeah. They've got to get something figured out. Here's here's my alternate. You said uh, Jabari Smith, right? Yeah, from Auburn. Number one, Jabari Smith. Okay. And then Chad Holmgren, number two still. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Caro, three. And then Ivy, four, Ivy four. to gotcha. Kings. So Ivy's either going one or four. He's not going to OKC, and he's not <laughs> going to Houston. Makes sense. Interesting. And Holmgren is not going to Orlando. Gotcha. That's what I think anyway. All, All right. right. Should be very interesting. We'll have that next month when we get to the NBA draft. We'll BJ, do an episode you, on that. You may not be exactly a gamer, or are you? Would you consider yourself a gamer? I mean, I dabble in games every now and again when I've got some time. Well, you about to dabble in a game right now because we got some with it or quit Ooh. it on deck, ladies and gentlemen. Got some good stuff right here. For All right. Time. Are you ready, bro? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, let's get it. Number one guacamole is underrated just plain and simple it's underrated an underrated food slash snack with it or quit it well it depends on how you feel about guacamole i love guacamole i don't think it you can have it enough but if people don't like it as much then yeah it would i would think underrated um I, I like it. Uh, like, does it like get it enough more. credit for, like, does guacamole get enough credit, you know? Well, I mean, are we talking, like, you know, Texas only? Or are we talking nationally? Because like, I cause mean, it, like, cause it's, it goes with more stuff than you think it does. Yeah. You know, just like, it's so universal. It makes all your mm-hmm. stuff better. You want to, yeah. you, you want it on some toast? By God, you got some yeah. delicious guac, avocado, guacamole, yeah. whatever toast. Yeah. You want it on some fajitas? By God, your fajitas are going to be twice as good as they were before. Yeah. You want to have a nice little snack and watch a TV show? Just grab you some chips and dunk it in some guacamole, guacamole. straight yeah. up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I'm with it then in, in that go. respect. I think I think that, you know, I think it gets a lot of appreciation. So I don't know if, if it's necessarily underrated, but it it's worthy of – you know, being talked about, and it, it has so many uses, like you said. So you think, does it get the right amount of appreciation, or does it need more? I don't know, because you said avocado on toast, and I wouldn't necessarily qualify that as guacamole because okay sorry guacamole you know yeah, when yeah they, I, I know what they don't mean. actually when they when people have avocado toast they end up spreading it anyway it's just yeah. they mash it up and they, they still call it avocado sometimes avocado I, I think the guacamole adds some uh more spices too i don't think it's just avocado and some people will just put the avocado on there and eat it like that but mm-hmm. i like to mash it up whatever you get the yeah. point. okay you're with it yeah i got it yep 
Number two, the Minnesota Lynx will miss the playoffs in Sylvia Fowles' last season. With it or quit it? I hate to do these, you know, early season reactions that are, you know, they got so much time to, to prove you wrong. And then you're on record as saying, you know, oh, yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs or, or whatever right. back like from week two. But they've got to get some consistency there before I feel confident enough to say that I think they'll be in the postseason this year. So for right now, subject to change with it. All right. Number three, gas prices will get up to $5 a gallon uh, before the end of the year. With it or quit it? Ugh. Yes. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to do one better. Gosh. I'm going to say it's it's $5 before the end of the summer. It's, <gasps> it's ridiculous, Ugh. man. I don't know what we're going to do. We might as well just start – you know, figuring out how to bike or walk everywhere. If, if we can't figure this stuff out, it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that even before COVID-19 that we weren't seeing gas prices above, you know, $2 50 cents a gallon, you know, maybe closing in on, on three every now and again, but we never saw gas prices this high, like ever. I think this is, even worse than than we saw, you know, back at the end of the 1970s when there was a gas shortage. So this is, you know, unprecedented, not just in our lifetimes, but, you know, as long as we've had automobiles and, and needed fuel for them. This is just ridiculously bad. And I just, unless they figure out something that they're not willing to, or they haven't done yet to this point to alleviate that, it's it's not going to get any better. Anytime soon. I couldn't imagine being in Cali right now in those prices. Cool. But here's here's something crazy, BJ. Uh, I went to the All Star game for the WNBA in 2019 mm-hmm. in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Those gas prices at those gas stations looked what ours look like right now. Yeah, that's the stark differences from yeah where our gas was back then to where it yeah. is now. Like, and and Texas is usually pretty on the low end of, of pricing. Yeah, we were at least a dollar lower than what Vegas had, if not two at that time. Yeah. Two dollars for sure. Mm. All right. Number four. Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat is a top 10 NBA player. With it or quit it? Oh, that's a good question. 15. I I think. Yeah, I think he's he's playing like that ever since he got to Miami, and it just makes you Sixers fans question why they kept Tobias Harris over him. And mm. in fact, he act, he asked the same question. I was about to say, but, speaking of which, Jimmy said that Tobias Harris over yeah, me. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's count them out. LeBron. You know, Steph Curry, uh, Kawhi Leonard when healthy, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Harden, Embiid. Harden still a top ten player. He might have fallen down a little bit. Let's see. I'm just trying to. Okay. Tatum, Luca, yeah, Jokic, Giannis, yeah, Giannis, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say quit it. Top 15, Ooh. but if he wins a title this year, then he's got a shot. But for right now, 
So right now, in this moment, Jimmy right Butler is not moment, a top 10 NBA. Just on the outside. Not by but, much, but just on the outside. So he is a top 15 player. Though. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number five. Last but not least, and most importantly, BJ, I need your thoughts right here. Okay. I don't know if you ever ended up watching this show or not, but got a question. All right. House of the Dragon. A new series coming to HBO, spinoff from the legendary Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. House of the Dragon will be better than Game of Thrones. With it or quit it? All right. So when we say better, are we talking the series as a whole or the last the season? Series as a whole. It's very, very infrequent where a sequel series or sequel in general is better than whatever this is technically a prequel okay prequels are are in the same uh sphere anything usually anything that's made after the success of something else it usually does not find the same success there's very few instances where this has happened Uh, Um, two was better than rush hour one I mean, you could make, you know, terms of TV shows, Frasier, uh, better than Cheers. You could say that. Um, if you like the Breaking Bad franchise, I've enjoyed Better Call Saul just as much, if not maybe even more to a certain extent, of Breaking Bad. But That's a tough call right there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's more the characters, which obviously originate in Breaking Bad, as opposed yeah. to, you know, having new characters. But, Having it better than Game of Thrones. The, the original, and I I still I know you're gonna you're gonna you know crucify me over this. I still have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. You make me so. sick. <laughs> how many ep- how many episodes do we have to do before you actually turn on an episode? Good lord. What's wrong with you? It just it's, takes it's, an it's, hour it's... to decide. Oh my god! Watch one episode. I, oh, I always, I always how, many, just, how many? Generally, how long does it take you to get into a show, a show series? It, it like it, I have to. I mean, it it took me. So like, I'll, I'll, for I'll example, tell you. I'll try and make this easier. Sorry. Okay. I'll try and make this easier. So, a show that how how long do you think for a show that you just that you don't think you're going to be interested in or just don't have an opinion on? How long did those generally take versus a show like, oh, I think I'm going to like this one. Those probably take maybe one, right? So it took me, I'll tell you this, and maybe it's just because the way that it starts and it starts off a little bit slow. I had to keep watching like until the season one finale of Breaking Bad before I was like hooked and like, okay, now I got to see how much more it goes, like where this is going, how this is going to end. Because, um, you know, it wasn't for me that I was, you know, hooked from the first episode. I was intrigued, but it was it, it paced itself a little bit slow. But then when it ramped up, it really ramped up. So and I'll tell you, you know, for like some comedies, everything like that. I've watched like an episode of a comedy. didn't really care for it. I watched a couple more. And then I finally, you know, once they get on the right track, like six or seven episodes that I finally was like, OK, and then I keep watching. So it takes me a, a good amount of time, just like with answering a simple question, apparently, to uh, 
to to decide whether or not I'm gonna want to <laughs> watch a show or, or not. Uh, so oh my god. So I would. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm not one that instantly can. So get just answer this part one, of the so. question and like for a show that you think that you're gonna like. Do you? How long do you anticipate that you'll be like? Okay, I want to. I want to keep watching this. I plan to watch this tomorrow. So let's let's give it a season, depending upon how many episodes. A season? Are how many episodes? Like, if it's a shorter season, oh like like gosh. six or seven episodes, then yeah, I need I need to go the whole season. If it's like oh a, well, like I, a, if, if it's you... like more episodes per season, then it doesn't take as long. Like I can. Usually my, my threshold is about five or six episodes, regardless of the length of the, okay, of the season. Well, but for like Game of Thrones, which is longer episodes, but less episodes per season, I would say like a full season probably. Six of the ten se- six of the eight seasons are ten episodes. I could probably by, by by probably know by halfway through season one then. I could probably know whether I want to keep watching or not. Okay. That's about you would the, definitely the be hooked by the end of the season if you weren't midway through just okay. because of how it goes but yeah, it's more it's more of a, it, having bro. enough time to get into eight seasons that are like 90 Probably. minute episodes you at can, times you can skip the game two of the eastern conference finals to watch this. <laughs> well actually no now that if you're sitting down to watch some basketball you only have to worry about one game so either before or after the game watch an episode of game of thrones I'll have to make. I'll have to. Probably before. I'll, I'll be set. Yeah, I was gonna say either sacrifice sleep or or uh, watch it before. Yeah, turn it on while you're cooking dinner or something. <laughs> I don't know, but watch that dang show, bro. All right, watch all that right. doggone show. <laughs> but and and to make a short answer long, I'm gonna say quit it. That I don't think House of Dragon will be better than Game of Thrones. We just now got it, to it, the answer. Oh my god. <laughs> it it could it could be good, but I don't know if it's going to be as good. I mean, it's okay. it's a tough tough yeah, bar to is, clear. Yeah, this is definitely subjective. It's just like if you're if you really love the dragons and the stuff, like I feel like mm-hmm. you can easily say yes to that. But yeah. for everybody else, it's like oh, we got to wait and see. Like some of the some of the yeah, you know like stuff me. that they've showed, like the trailer was dope and everything, and you know reviews you've heard on you know the first. Uh, well, I, I've seen the JJR J. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin has seen the first couple of episodes at least and really likes them. And, you know, it's not really a surprise. Game of Thrones, you know, like you know, they had an incredible run of just mm-hmm. brilliance up until the final season's last few episodes where it just tailed off expeditiously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're known for doing the bleeping thing and making some good tv so yeah. i'm expecting it to be really really good and the only way it can be better is if it is literally perfect <laughs> it has to be per- like honestly because game of thrones was for seven seasons it was a perfect show seven yeah. seasons it was a perfect show and then it became not it became undisputedly the greatest show on television too i don't know about that now mm-hmm and that's kind of why it's like I don't necessarily want to get hooked on it now that I know that it's going to suck, be a sucky ending because it's like I wasted all that time watching it and it ends like no, this. No, it's not a waste. It's no. not def- <laughs> definitely not a waste because you love every minute of the first, you know, seven full seasons and then the first couple of this last season and then mm-hmm. they just rush it to get it done is the problem. But yeah. everything else is great, you know. Um, it's it's still still really good to me. Did that wrap like, up like two or three years ago now? 
Yeah, yeah, oh, it actually has been. The and the craziest going? part is, like, we waited two years for that final season, too. So, mm. actually, it's been it's been three years, yeah, because I remember, because I was on Lions After Dark every day, mm. you know, just like, oh, my God, I need season eight to get here, ah, all that. <laughs> and then when it came, I was like, yes. And then halfway through it, I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's with a quit it, Beach. All right. Good and stuff, that is good stuff. That's also this episode as well. Uh, been a been a good one. Uh, uh, a little bit, uh, probably our lengthiest episode of the season. It only took us thirty seven episodes to, to go almost an hour and a half. <laughs> but uh, definitely, uh, definitely a good episode with a lot of different things uh, on tap in the conversation today. Plenty of stuff. Uh, looking forward to getting to. Uh, in the future with possible guests and, you know, just uh, more episodes going into the summer and WNBA ramping up even more. Guys, make sure you're following us on our social platforms on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on both Twitter and Instagram, as well as make sure you're following our Twitch at the no underscore lowdown, just the lowdown and our new YouTube page, which we'll start streaming on and putting videos on. We might have some videos on before we start streaming, mm-hmm. uh, but new YouTube page, same name as the Twitch. I think eventually we're going to put the underscores back in just so everything's got the same name. But for right now, uh, y'all just tap in at the lowdown. Uh, on on YouTube, make sure you you subscribe. It's free to subscribe over there on YouTube. So uh, any of the extra clips from any of these live video streams we have, we'll be putting some of that on there as well as uh, the whole live stream in in general. Uh, whenever we get the chance to, so make sure you look out for that. A lot of uh, content coming through YouTube and getting some more back to Instagram coming soon as well. So. Be on the lookout for the next episode as we'll be midway through the conference finals and in week three of the WNBA season when we tap back in with y'all. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we will see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.